0: Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care.
1: Welcome to Dischem Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We have a very exciting show lined up for you today. We are very, very privileged to have with us an amazing guest. It's going to take a bit of a different format. Usually we interview doctors or experts, medical experts on the subject. But today we have an actual pancreatic cancer patient. This month, November, is World Pancreatic uh, Cancer Month, and World Pancreatic Cancer Day is on the 21st of November, next Thursday. So we have decided to speak to Leanne, who is... a uh, has an amazing story to share and an amazing journey, which isn't over yet, but um, is very, very exciting. Just to let you guys know some facts about pancreatic cancer, it is the third leading cause of death in America. All these scary all these scary facts.
2: We don't believe in statistics.
1: Okay, so we welcome Leanne <laughs> Freeman. We don't believe in statistics, exactly, Leanne Freeman. Only Hashem controls this world. We don't believe in research and doctors. It can guide us, but they don't. Have the final say. Welcome, Leanne, to our show.
2: How's it? Thank you so much for having me. We so, do believe in doctors. Doctors are amazing people, and you are one of them who's helped me along this path and this journey. But as you said, um, Hashem is the one who decides at the end of the day.
1: Okay, at so. beginning of the day. Exactly, at the beginning and the end. And uh, usually when we hear pancreca- <laughs> pancre- yeah, pancreatic cancer, that we think of doom and gloom. Unfortunately, it's one of those cancers that presents very, very late. And, um, People often pass away within the first few months of diagnosis. So, we're going to talk about Leanne's story and hopefully give some encouragement and strength to other people, to other survivors, and uh, a bit of knowledge about the subject. So, Leanne, where did it all start?
2: Um, So, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. It's really a privilege to be here today. Um, So, just about pancreatic cancer. Um, they're different stages i don 't really know so much about all the other stages, but stage four is supposedly the one where you um, people are don't have the best diagnoses but if it 's caught earlier on, then people have better chances you know there's surgery and all sorts of things um chemo radiation, whatever it is but um when I was diagnosed, it was <clears throat> very far down the line um, it was the primary tumor was in my pancreas it was very big um, yeah, I don't really want to say, but it was pretty big And it had spread to my liver And um, around my spleen And I think somewhere in my stomach um,
1: And it went to your, your nose And your omentum And your, yeah, and your, and your colon my toes, And uh, this you know, is uh, stage 4 Which is metastatic pancreatic cancer So just to put this in the concept How old are you now, Leanne? Um,
2: 37 And, when, God.
1: and uh, how old were you when you were diagnosed?
2: So I was 34 um, it was just over two years ago. I gave birth to twins, two beautiful little twins. Um, it was a premature birth. Everything was, um, very unexpected. They were born at 31 weeks. And up until this point, I'd been completely asymptomatic. Um, and then the day after the birth, I started with these unknown stomach issues. It was, I was battling with, um, inflammation and, food intolerances and irritability and pain, and it started literally the day after the birth. And until this point, I'd never experienced any food intolerances, stomach issues I'd general. My health had been generally very good.
1: So how long, how long was that until you had the symptoms, until you were diagnosed?
2: So from the time, it was the day after the twins' birth um, until they were about four months old um just after i was diagnosed uh, i saw a a gastroenterologist about a week later and she monitored me for a few weeks sent me for blood tests and all sorts of things and i was diagnosed with a self-healing colitis which is an inflammation of the colon i think um and uh sort of you know that was kind of it It was supposed to pass and nothing really changed so i saw uh, i started seeing a homeopath who told me to change my diet um we can talk about diet just now it's absolutely vital. He told me to cut out gluten and all sort of all sorts of foods that can irritate the stomach, which I did and wasn't really helping. And then around September, so my twins were born in June. So about September time, um I got an appointment with a top another another gastro, um wonderful, wonderful man. Um and he examined me and sent me for tests and all sorts of things. And uh when he examined me in that initial appointment, he did a physical exam of my stomach and he didn't feel anything. And we, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't really know what it was, and it had never occurred to him that it could be pancreatic cancer because yeah, it's so, the, so rare. So mm-hmm. rare.
1: And first of all, in your age group, I mean, mo- most of the people with uh, who get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer are in their fifties, sixties, or seventies. Right. So. It's and um, males and females.
2: Yeah, and it's generally people maybe who are overweight or um, have an unhealthy lifestyle. You know, whatever it is, and. I didn't really fit into any of those So I'm I'm sure
1: any of the, most of the doctors who saw you never even, I mean, this was probably the last diagnosis on everybody's mind.
2: Absolutely. Nobody in a million years expected it to be this. So we stayed in touch for a few weeks and then around November, he was very concerned that we hadn't found the source of this. And, um, I went to see him and he examined me and he felt this tumor in my pancreas. He felt it in a second. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, I didn't know what was coming and he, obviously did and then the next day he sent me for a ct scan to confirm it and that's when we received the news that it was advanced pancreatic cancer and the spread in the liver etc
1: okay so obviously that's a big shock to your system to you your family your community yeah and send shockwaves through the community
2: right i mean the community was and still is absolutely phenomenal i mean just, I mean, I, I was writing a list last night of all the things people have done for us. It's just endless. I mean... Do
1: you want to mention some of that?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, <clears> the <throat> um, Tehillim, WhatsApp Tehillim group was set up for me, over 200 women uh, and some men. And uh, this Tehillim group rolls every single day. They do the book, I don't know how many times, Tehillim. And it's still going now, two years later. Um yeah, so many people. I mean, you and uh, you were one of them. A few, you and a few other doctors, Dean and a few other doctors, and our rabbi set up a panel because we were being inundated with information and research. And people. yeah, so
1: I mean, I mean, it can be very overwhelming. People obviously, everybody wants to help.
2: But we were spinning, we and every you,
1: you trying to find your feet, and everybody's trying to get hold of you, and everybody has a cousin or a dog or a sister or a, you know a, a someone who'd been through something, and, and so many different cancers. Are different, have different causes, have different treatments, but everybody wanted to offer help. Yeah. Their help. So it w- was amazing thing that Drive to Back, um, set up, we set up a, an email address that everybody could email to. And then we would go, those uh, emails would be filtered by a group of doctors. There were three or four doctors and uh, to see if they held any, any merit or they could, um, were helpful in this particular situation. And then we reached out to all our different friends and contacts around the world.
2: Right. And, um, yeah, there were just so many things. Um, what else? Um, there were chalabakes in Joyburg, Cape Town, Durban, Jerusalem, London, Sydney, Toronto. Um, people offering to cook for me. There were a group of women who set up a cooking group for me, and half of them I didn't even know, just to make healthy meals for me. There were people shopping for us, looking after my kids. Just so many people offering to help. I mean, so Michael, my husband, and I, we sort of... Dove straight head, head first Straight into the world of chemotherapy Within a week I'd started chemo And the rest of the world just took over our lives um, You know, our, our parents are just My parents and my in-laws Are just the most phenomenal giving people I've ever met They just they haven't stopped their dedication to us It's non-stop My sisters-in-law, my neighbor, my friends My cousin, my niece, my 11-year-old niece You can't believe it I mean, she's been babysitting for us Well, she's now 13 Since she was 11, she's come a few times a week To look after my kids it is their favorite time of the week.
1: That's uh, unbelievable, um, all the positives you can take out. We're going to take a quick air break, and then we're going to carry on with Leanne's story.
0: This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care.
2: And then move on, and die.
1: Welcome back to High FM Medical Mondays, 101.9 High FM. I'm Dr. Dean Gerson, your host. We have a very special guest, uh, bre- uh, uh, pancreatic cancer thinking last week we did a breast cancer pancreatic cancer warrior leanne freeman if you want to get hold of her or get hold of us in the studio you can sms on 34519 you can send us a telegram on oh six one we we're just talking just for those of you who missed the first few minutes of the show leanne um is a young mom four kids below the age of
2: um Hold your all this. Sarah's six. six. So I had four kids under four and a half when. Four kids under four and a half. When, when was she was diagnosed. diagnosed
1: with pancreatic cancer at the age of thirty-four, f- a yeah. few weeks after giving birth to her her twins, thank God, Leanne. Hora, we are two years down the line in Leanne's treatment, and she's taking us um, along her journey.
2: We don't believe in statistics. We
1: don't believe in statistics. That's the most. That's that's the most <laughs> important thing. Okay, so Leanne, we said you began with chemotherapy one week after your. One week after your diagnosis
2: Right, so um, Yeah, everything moved very fast We got the news, we saw an oncologist the next day I started chemo a few days later I started on um, two chemos um, Called Abraxan and Gemcitabine The abraxane had only been in the country for a few months It's also another miracle Because it was one of the very highly effective So that's, yeah, chemos. That's
1: a, just to say That's the standard, those are the world guidelines That's the standard first line treatment for Cancer. Or pancreatic cancer, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I just have to mention also that Dean um, very kindly got in touch with the pancreatic oncologist in Israel, a top specialist, Dr. Talia Golan. She actually had a feature in the Jewish Life magazine that month that I was diagnosed. And we got so many calls and messages from people saying, have you heard of Talia Golan? Have you heard of her? Yeah,
1: sure, an amazing, amazing lady, um, uh, actually a former South African, which we didn't know at the time when we messaged her. Um, and she was kind enough. We, you know, we found out about her doing research, emailed her. I think it was like half past ten at night, and she would replied within 15 minutes yeah, from her from her phone. And she is a oncologist in Israel, and she only deals with pancreatic cancer. One of the world's leading um, oncologists in research and in treatment of pancreatic cancer. So we got in touch with her, and she confirmed that this would be the best. Treatment. Like, the best treatment to start with.
2: Yeah, and further down the line, we actually went to see her about six months after, uh, six months or so after I'd been, started treatment, and she gave us a lot of hope and chizuk, and she's just a really amazing person. She actually had a poster in her office that, uh, in Hebrew, a pancreas is a love love. So she had a sign that said, send love to my love love. <laughs> so. Very cute. Yeah, amazing to have a very positive, kind, caring, available doctor. Yeah,
1: I can Im- I can imagine so. And um we'll get more on your on your journey there. So you started um started
2: with chemo. The what
1: was it was it, was
2: Braxane and Gemsartobin. Okay,
1: Braxane and Gemsartabin.
2: Um so I started once a week for three weeks, week off, and I had nine treatments. Um during this time, thank God, I didn't I didn't look on Google for one second. Everybody else did. I think that's why the Stahelian group was set up yeah. so quickly. So, you,
1: I mean, usually people, as we said on the statistics before, which we don't believe, is that when you look up pancreatic cancer, it's very much doom and, doom and gloom. And, um, and often what happens is that, you know, um, chemotherapy, the way it works is it, it kills the cancer cells in your body, but it also, you know, kills your bone marrow and other rapidly dividing cells. Right. And people often, unfortunately, pass away from the chemotherapy itself the side effects of the chemotherapy not from the cancer itself but when you're in such a dire situation with such a diagnosis you know you'll try everything
2: right so we didn't i mean at the time we weren't aware of other things but one of the issues with stage four when cancer's advanced with other cancers you can earlier stages you people have the options with surgery and things like that um in my case because it had spread surgery wasn't an option at this point so, yeah. so you can't take all chemo. the
1: all the small little um Metastases. usually if it was primary was still in the in the pancreas you can take out the yeah even though
2: it's a very very risky it's a very very risky long
1: long surgery
2: so um yeah but uh so we started i started chemo and during those first nine treatments as i said i didn't go near google i think everybody else did thank god i didn't because i just had to keep my focus on winning
1: so what else was going on In the community We spoke about the Chalabakes and the Tehilim groups
2: um, Just people giving Tzedakah I mean uh, There was a Sefer Torah That was sponsored For um, One of the shuls I think it was Chabad Savoy And we were connected To the We are connected To the family um, My grandmother Is best friends With The guys who, One of the guys Who contributed It's his grandmother They've been best friends For 70 years And they Wanted me to Write the first letter Of the Sefer Torah Which is quite an Phenomenal experience I mean just the things We've been privy to um, We had a friend take us To do the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain Chase away the mother bird um, I met Rabbi Pesach Kron He came to my house Which was a little bit awkward Because it was on Tisha Couldn't offer him a drink And we had to sit on the floor <laughs> um, Yeah I mean I've, It's just Kids learning And davening for me At school Um Yeshiva College, Santa and Sana, all of the girls had a learning group with their mothers at Hirsch Lions. Um, another incredible thing was, um, Michael's friends on, on Semchus Torah last year. They raised about 50,000 rand. Um, that was given to Michael in honor of Chos and which is just very, very special. Um, and the same day I arrived at a different school, gave Michael the honor of Chos and Torah. Um, also we, I, I took on to contribute to to the Color Fund. Um, it's a big struggle to raise money for chosens and colors who need brides and grooms who want to get married and haven't got funds. It's a big schuss. Um, I say it delays. There's a, there's a. So there was thing. a, there
1: was a, st- do you want to tell? You told yeah. me about, there was a, there was a story about, um, a, a rabbi who was, uh. Khazanesh.
2: Somebody came to see the Chazanish. He was yes. very sick. It was written in Rebitz and Kanievsky's biography. Came to see the Chazanish. He was very sick. And the, and the, the rabbi said to him, um, you need to raise funds for for Kala, um, and th- he asked the question why Kala?" and he said in the morning broches there's a list of all the mitzvahs that a person um does in order to merit um the the, the a, lo- a long laugh or no it's sorry I'm just like
1: I not I'm that they don't have a um sure you don't need to Yeah th- the
2: reward th- is there's a the reward is in this world, but the main reward is in the world to yes. come, and it goes through the list of, um, and one of
1: them is H- hachnasas Kala.
2: Right, and, uh, the Hachna- hachnasas color is lodged between, um, visiting the sick in the order. It says the whole, so all sorts of things, and it says visiting the sick, supporting the bride and groom, and burying the dead. And the, the vote is that if you support a bride and groom, you delay the process from illness to death. And so we took on the color fund. Um, donating funds to the, to the color fund which was actually taken out of my hands by um, a group of very very special friends um, my sister-in-law and my, one of my husband's best friends who's like a brother to us and a few other people some people that I'd actually never even met and they took on this project of raising for the color fund they, um, they they donated candles to schools and got girls and their moms to light shabba's candles a lot of women who wouldn't have originally let shabba's candles I mean just things the community did and it still continues to do for us. Are just incredible. Okay, you know? so
1: so let's talk about while you while you were having the chemotherapy, you said that people offered to make you meals. Let's get on yes. to diet.
2: Okay, <laughs> how much time? I know you. Got? I know you're very
1: passionate. Very passionate about, very, very about passionate. diet and how it changed. Your, you think your response to treatment and right. just your overall well-being. Absolutely,
2: I become completely right wing when it comes to diet. Um, he used to love my toasted cheese. Unfortunately, I've had to give that up. So um, when I first got sick, because of my stomach symptoms, I, it's such a brocha. I was forced into looking at dietary changes. A lot of people who are diagnosed with certain cancers, they don't they, they don't have to change their diet because they aren't affected. And um, and um, I had to sort of do this research in order to. Just helped my stomach because I wasn't able to tolerate so many and it's, foods. And it's
1: such a, a mad thing because obviously now you've got to restrict your foods and your diet. And you, for those of you who don't know, Leanne is a Torah uh, um, from uh, women and, and family. And so obviously kosher makes it harder.
2: Right. So, um,
1: so we, we Okay let's take it We're going to take a short ad break And then we'll carry on With diet afterwards
0: This is Medical Monday Brought to you With compliments of Discam, Pharmacists who care Okay welcome back To
1: your Medical Monday Discam Medical Monday I'm your host Dr. Dean Gerson We're speaking to Pancreatic cancer Warrior Leanne Freeman you, If you've got any questions For Leanne Or for myself You can SMS On 34519 Or you can send a telegram On 0618951019 so we're just getting back into Leanne's story. A young mother with four children, um, a young mother with four children, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer shortly after the birth with twins at th- of twins, at the age of 34. Leanne began a journey of of chemotherapy, and thank God, responding very well, which we'll get back to just now. But when she was diagnosed, because she was having all these gastrointestinal systems, Leanne had to change her diet. And thank God, there were a lot of people who offered to cook for us. So what kind of food were these people making for you?
2: Well, it wasn't just that. I actually started with Jennifer Cooks. I know you know her.
1: Yes, uh, Jenna's a very She's a a, famous homeopath.
2: A, yes. So um, her late father, Dr. Andrew Cooks, was very well known in all the homeopathic circles. And Jennifer's taken over the practice. She taught me everything, her and a very good friend of mine who considers herself right-wing also when it comes to food. Um, Jennifer taught me everything I know about nutrition and health. She taught me about green juicing, which is vital. I'll talk about green juicing in a minute. Um, Basically, um, I had to cut out initially gluten, lactose, and sugar. Gluten um, unfortunately, has been so genetically modified over the years. It's not gluten is not what it was a hundred years ago. Just to clarify, gluten is wheat, barley, rye, and spelt, even though spelt is very low gluten, um, but it is an irritant for the stomach and it is linked to a lot of different disorders, um, brain related disorders. Um, I'm not a doctor, so please don't quote me, but um, there's a lot of research pointing to um, autism, all sorts of brain related diseases, disorders from gluten. Um, lactose is also can be a problem. It helps it prevents the body from draining certain things. and because I was having chemo, I needed all the toxins to drain out my body after I'd had the treatment. and also sugar. Sugar is really bad. Um, refined sugar. Um, so are, all,
1: yeah, all your body, all your um, cells, your yeah, sugar, but especially cancer cells, they right. live, they live off um,
2: cancer cells. They say love sugar. They
1: love sugar exactly. Which and we'll speak about that later on when you talk about the treatment that you are now.
2: Yeah. So Jennifer introduced me to the world of nutrition. She taught me everything I know. She taught me about healthy eating. Um, green juicing. Um, so, what
1: is green juicing? Then? So,
2: green juicing is well, just juicing vegetable juicing, and preferably with organic vegetables because non-organic vegetables are sprayed with pesticides and all sorts of things. Um, basically, when you have a green juice, and also I'm not. does the
1: green juice. mean? Sorry.
2: Green. Well, green can green can can be orange. Veg-
1: oh, re- green can referring can orange, to it's just purple. vegetable. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, when you put vegetables, Say like um, celery, cucumber, beetroot, carrot, ginger. Um, spinach and kale, which are fantastic, incredible, incredible foods that Hashem put into the world fast. There's so much natural medicine in the world. Um, your body penetrates the nutrients and the minerals of these foods in, when it's liquidized immediately. There's no need for digestion, and it just penetrates those cells. Um, it oxygenates the cells, and it just it gives your body vitality and strength. Um, there's a lot of um, integrative doctors worldwide who... Absolutely say that um, green juicing is vital, especially wheatgrass. Wheatgrass is probably one of the healthiest things a person can consume. It's a live, oxygenated food which with chlorophyll and not a scientist, but all these things. And you're actually supposed to drink wheatgrass 15 minutes after cutting it because it's live. And all those live nutrients and minerals you're putting into your body, as opposed to having um, a piece of chicken or steak so or something. So what did you, what did you juice them in, uh, a, a
1: blender or a juice machine? Or?
2: Are, so I've got this. Nancy juicer It's called an Oscar And it comes out Literally like water Okay
1: so juice. And does it make a difference Where it's like uh, People speak about Cold pressed Or hot pressed or I don't know about
2: that stuff Months Yeah We did it uh, Probably cold pressed But we, we did it at home
1: Okay We've got a uh, SMS uh, From Unsound But says Have you changed the diet Of your kids as well
2: um, So it's difficult I can't deprive them Because you know They go to school And they go to parties And they're out everywhere So I do I have made a lot of changes At home I buy free range chicken And free range eggs And I'll be honest, I don't give them a lot of bread because, um, well, especially not government bread. Government bread's got preservatives and sugar. If you think about how breads from the – they don't go off after a week. You know, in the old days, bread used to go off after two days. Um, It's it's hard. I I do try and make changes, and I try not to push it on them, but hopefully they see and they'll – internalize a lot of my things, I mean, a lot of my changes, my kids have tasted Lint 90, I don't think there's any kids in the world who've tasted Lint 90 and, you know, sometimes when my kids have friends at my house, they want to taste my green juice it's all very exciting.
1: Okay, so so tell me, so you, you don't have um, gluten, you don't have sugar, you don't have lactose yeah. what else don't you have?
2: Um. So I've actually cut out red meat and chicken recently. Okay. Um, it's not that's not um, crucial for all cancers, but my new doctor, who I'll get to, um, he has told me it's very interesting. He said that my pancreas can actually not, it, it battles to digest meat. That's what happens. Okay. In some so
1: yeah, yeah. So your pancreas. Just to give you guys a heads up, your or some further info, your pancreas makes digest all the digestive enzymes. For to digest the food, especially the proteins, which are the meat and and chicken, right. so you're saying your pancreas struggles to digest the a proteins person, of meat and chicken, yeah,
2: let's call my pancreas a bit wonky, um, my wonky pancreas battles to digest meat and chicken and things like that because it's um it's just harder to digest. I actually do take digestive enzymes when I eat, but recently I gave up meat because it just he says better not to have meat but there are people you know they say you don't know, you're not having meats and chickens i do have fish and eggs at the moment i would eventually like to move towards a plant-based lifestyle because there's just so much research that it is the way to go i have to mention that um uh Djokovic, um just won wimbledon i yeah. think um he has uh Chosen a plant-based lifestyle, and he said, it's completely changed his career. So,
1: what do you? So, what do you eat on a daily basis? What's your breakfast, lunch? So,
2: my diet is still tricky. Um, unfortunately, after all the chemo's, my body—it's um, just become quite weak. My digestive system, you know, chemo kills the cancer, but it also really—it um, uh, causes a lot of other issues in a person's body, especially with stage four when the chemo is. Can uh, be never ending. Yeah. So uh, I have, um, a lot of lentils, soups, um, I have other grains. There's a lot of other grains a person can have. There's rice, millet, buckwheat, quinoa, um, lots of vegetables. As I said, I have fish. There's, there's when, once you actually discover a world outside gluten, lactose, sugar, um, the, it's actually just endless. And, and
1: you feel better since you change your diet.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been vital to my, my success in this so far. And also, yeah, just my body is a lot cleaner. So, like now, I go for reflexology once a week. And especially during chemo, I also found that was very vital. Um, it flushes, reflexology helps to flush the toxins out of a person's body. And initially, when I started reflex, I wouldn't feel a reaction in the therapy. And then over time, when the more my diet changed, my reflexologist would touch my foot, she'd touch my toes, she'd touch this, and I, I would feel something in my stomach or feel something in my throat. I would have an immediate reaction because my body was so clean. There was less junk clogging up my my organs
1: okay and i just i just think it's so important something to emphasize that um even though I am a medical doctor western medicine, how open you have to be to obviously with 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 research and certain you can't do stuff that's that's harmful to you um or risky but um to seek other seek other dimensions there's a lot of other Additional wisdom in this. Therapies, yeah a lot of complementary um, complementary therapies that um Put into this world with a lot of uh, wisdom, whether it be a reflexology or homeopathy, um, each mm. of them has their place for um, something different. Yeah. And uh, and you did discuss something with your with your doctor. We'll go back to now the chemotherapy that you, thank God, responded so well. Do yeah. we know why you you responded so well to chemo?
2: Miracles, absolute miracles. Okay. Um, I had the first nine treatments of chemo. As I said, I never did any research about pancreatic cancer, and everybody else around me was. Um, quite uh, quite dire straits about it. And Baruch Hashem, after my first nine treatments, I had a scan, and there had been a sixty-something percent reduction in the tumours all round, uh, which is totally—it was off the charts. Nobody saw that coming. Ten to twenty percent would have been incredible, but it was sixty-something percent. So it's just another open miracle, so absolutely open miracle. More than, than miracle. half
1: your your um your tumours shrank. And, um, a crazy thing is that, yeah, we, I mean, obviously we said we don't believe in, you know, the statistics are there, but you don't have to live, Jewish people, as we know through our history, we don't live through, we don't live by statistics. But, um, what percentage in the statistics of people respond like this?
2: I don't know. I don't actually know. But one of the, one of the incredible things that we got from our trip to Israel, six months after my diagnosis, um, Dr. Golan said it to me and no other, um, oncologist had Put it this way to me here. I don't know why they didn't see it. You know, sometimes you can get very stuck in your box, and your. Of course,
1: they see. Well, I mean, it's amazing. You you know, you see um, such um, you know either seeing people who are being diagnosed with cancer, or people at the end of their life. You don't see many people. Well, depending on the cancer, especially with pancreatic, you know, winning like you are. Yeah. So, so what Dr. Golan said yes, what did she say?
2: was um, she said, "I'm not a statistic," and she said that I'm... Um, well. You know, I didn't fall into those statistics. She said, I'm an absolute statistical outlier, which made so much sense because all these stats that, that, that I'd been fed from the doctors, you know, that you've got X amount of time and it's never going to go away and you can't operate and this, that or the other thing. Um, she said, I don't fall into that st- those statistics. I didn't fall into them from how I was diagnosed, from my age, my, all those your factors, background, my health, background, yeah. everything. I, I, there's no cancer in my family, Baruch Hashem. Um, And she said, I just didn't fall into those statistics. So it was an outlier, which also gave me so much chesed. You know, every person has to realize you're not a statistic. Every person is an individual. You know, nobody falls into any of these things. If, if you just, I don't know. I mean, there's only so much mind power. Everything else is up to Hashem.
1: So let's talk about that um, a little bit. You went to, you went to Israel, not only to meet Talia Golan, the world leader in pancreatic cancer, you also went for spiritual advice yes. and guidance.
2: so we also met the world leader in the spiritual world in the Ashkenazi world, Rav Chaim Kanievsky um,
1: So your husband went to meet him?
2: Yeah, we actually we we both went in. They usually don't um, allow a lot of women to go in because he's a holy, holy man. He's probably never seen another woman in his life. He's just existing on a different plane that we can't understand and they let me go in and I saw him from the, the side room and it was just a really incredible experience. It was like he was surrounded by light and Michael got this brocha for me and you know, please God, his, his brocha penetrated Shemaim and it's just going to get me to the end of this. Um, and it's gotten me so far. You okay. Know? So
1: what did he say to your husband? Are you, are you happy to
2: share? Yeah, he didn't say that much because he's, he's very old and He know, actually wasn't so well. He hadn't been, he, you know, if we'd gone a week earlier, we wouldn't have seen him because he wasn't seeing people. So they just, they actually said, uh, he said, Rufo Shalema, and he said, I needed to say him every day. And just on the topic of Tehillim, I just have to mention that um, something that's given me a lot of chizuk is learning about the life of David Amelech. I mean, he was one of the greatest men in history, and he suffered more than anyone in history, and he just never, ever gave up. his Munna, he was the man of a Munna. He just became, just, uh, he's a beacon for us throughout history of just... Everything that it means to have faith that everything Is good and um, you know I say that But obviously I have emotional downs And it's very hard for me and for my family Many times but I just have to keep strengthening Myself and just believe that this is all for the good And there's you know There's more to life than what meets The eye I just want to mention in this week's I get the Mishpacha magazine every Week there was an article about a rabbi who Passed away recently um, In his 50s from cancer and he said That in his journey um, He found that his entire life changed since he was diagnosed. Um, I'll just read to you what's written here about him. It says, um, he said, It seems to me the main focus of any changes has to be medos. That's character traits. Anger, gava. you know, this is anger, honor, um, a person's tavis. Um, And he said, And improving my relationship with my wife and children. After getting cancer, I decided to check the muscles of my heart. And then later on he says, um, the most important thing is for a person to work on correcting the medicine. That is, I, I feel that is one of probably the most important thing that a person can do in their life is elevating themselves constantly, which is hard. You know, life is hard. We get irritable. We get angry. We get upset. We get frustrated. And I think we just have to look deep into ourselves and try and see what our emotional motivations are and try and change that, try and change the thought process, you know, um, and just work on ourselves. I think that's what Hashem wants and closeness to him.
1: Did yes. you, f- did you feel when you came back from Israel? Was it uh, recharging?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just, just gave us a lot of it Was an,
1: It was an amazing thing. I went for, I was in Israel. I think it was your second time. Yes. Your second time there. You went this year again to Israel this year again. I happened to be there for an ENT conference with my family. And as these things happen in, in, only in Israel, I was dining at the hotel and my wife and I happened to bump into Leanne and uh, her husband Michael. And uh, on the way to the appointment with um dr Golan and it was amazingly inspiring for us what uh, speaking about that, you are an inspiration now for people. What do you say when people when people say that to you you give so much strength strength to other people
2: um, yeah i just uh, I feel like i've been sent here to show people um Show people that you just have to believe that there's more, and you just have to keep fighting. And Emona, Emona is everything. You know, having belief that everything is good, and we can change things with our thoughts. You know, there's a there's a Rabbi Shimshon Pinkus brings down a midrash in his one of his his book Gateway to Prayer. He talks about this chamber in Shemaim, called the chamber of free gifts. It's hard for us to imagine a chamber of free gifts in Shemaim. You know, you have to really lofty concepts. Yes, lofty concepts, but. What is a non-lofty concept is a book of statistical stats saying 2% of people with pancreatic cancer pass away anyway. So, you know.
1: You mean survive? 2% of people? I mean, yeah.
2: Sorry, 2% survive. So there's this chamber in Shemaim called the Chamber of Free Gifts and you have to access this chamber with your thoughts, your Tefillah, your Emunna. And, um, it's just, you know, it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. I truly believe that. I read a story a few weeks ago, actually, about a one of uh, I think it was Rabbi Friend. I can't remember about a guy who'd been diagnosed with this severe disease, uh, given a terrible prognosis, and all the doctors said he had no chance. He went to see a new doctor, and he overheard the doctor telling somebody, um, "No, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine." And this hearing this doctor say that completely helped him change his mentality and his focus, and he got well. I don't know what the disease was. And he later learned that the doctor wasn't actually talking about him. He was talking about somebody else. The doctor also didn't think he was going to survive. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's go back now to to your journey of chemotherapy. So you had uh, nine cycles or nine weeks once uh, every 3 weeks for nine, nine weeks.
2: weeks it was nine yeah well i had cycles of nine with a scan and then it just carried on and okay, on okay and then and what and then
1: usually and usually what happens is um you you responded well so the decision was to carry on with the same regimen of chemo
2: right so the doctors wanted me to carry on what i didn't really know at the time was with stage 4 you don't stop you just carry on and on and on with chemo um and eventually a person's body is going to give out if you just carry on so how much chemo, chemo did is you chemo toxic toxic. It was actually derived from mustard gas by the Nazis after World War Two, and it has its it has its benefits. You know, Baruch Hashem, it got me to where I was, and it got me that first scan. Sixty seven percent was off the charts, but chemo. Was not and is not. Out. You can't live on. Chemo. No, you can't carry on. So after 33 treatments, I had basically hit a wall. I'd had enough. I couldn't do it anymore. And I'd been davening and davening and davening. At the time, this was around March this year, for chemo to come to an end. I just couldn't take it anymore. It's a, it's a toxicity on every level that you can't explain. It's awful. Um, and um, at the time, I'd been following a debate in the Mishpacha magazine about the pros and cons of living in Israel. And um, I was reading these articles And I was just Something's changed in me since I got sick We want to make Aliyah in a few years Please God, I don't know when um, But please God soon Israel is just the place Just the only place for us And um, I'd been following this debate In the Mishpacha magazine And um, people were talking about the pros and cons of Israel And I decided to write a letter to the Mishpacha About my thoughts on the matter About, you know, it's the only place Where we can be fully fulfilled Spiritually on every level and a doctor, I mean, at this time I'd been, I was, I'd really hit a all. I just, I just couldn't, couldn't know what do it to do, you know? I didn't know what to do. I just couldn't do chemo anymore, but I had to because I didn't have a choice. I guess you do have choices in life. Um, but I chose to carry on at this point. Anyway, so I wrote this letter to the Mishpacha and a, a naturopathic doctor in Brooklyn read my letter and he got in touch with me and he introduced Michael and I to the world of integrative cancer medicine, which is, it's just, mind-boggling the, there's just so many therapies and drugs and there's doctors medical doctors all over the world who practice integrative medicine. It's actual medicine. It's not, I, th- I think when it's we tell. Ho-
1: it's not hocus pocus. Right. Uh, when we tell
2: people that we, we, I'm doing into alternative and I don't like to use the word alternative. It's integrative. Um, you know, I think people often think we, I'm sitting on a mountain meditating, which I would love to do, but, um. So
1: integrative is in not, uh, it's still, it's still clinical meta meaning it's still using. Traditional Med. me, uh, Western medicine But you're using it in a way um,
2: It's different, it builds up the body Kills the cancer but builds up the body at the same time it, There's a lot of emphasis on diet, nutrition Lifestyle changes, emotional wellness But that's not the echo, the, the core The core is the meds
1: Okay, we're going to take a short advert And then we're going to come back and talk to you Leanne, about the
0: integrative medicine journey This is Medical Monday brought to you With compliments of Dyscam Pharmacist who care Okay, welcome back to
1: Discare Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. We're speaking pancreatic cancer with Leanne Freeman on a pancreatic cancer journey. You can SMS us on 34519 or send a telegram on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Um Do people still send No, well, apparent, I also don't know what telegram was. <laughs> Apparently, it's like a new version of WhatsApp, some other a messaging <laughs> system. Yeah, I'm also not that technologically advanced. Um, okay, so we're speaking to Leah now About her journey Where she um, hits a wall of uh, During a traditional chemotherapy She wrote a letter to Mishpacha And a doctor in Brooklyn, New York Read this and got in touch with her About integrative medicine Right, And so what we said about integrative medicine That it's, it's still Western medicine But it takes into a lot of things What else does it take into account?
2: Um, right, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different therapies you can do. Well, basically, he introduced us to this. We started researching. Michael spent days and days and days, and we came across these cr- incredible people on, on Google. I mean, you don't need journals when you've got Google. Everything is there. I just have to say you have to filter what you read because a lot of these um, things you'll – who pays for the the, the first hit on Google's whoever has the most money. So they are unfortunately, it must seem controversial, but a lot of it's true. There are a lot of um, organizations out there who don't want – people to know about these things unfortunately um and uh you know like i I was researching one of the doctors along us dr Nicholas gonzalez who was uh he passed away a few years ago um he was extremely successful in treating a lot of pancreatic cancer patients stage four um, and, uh, I Googled him and it came up with the stuff on Wikipedia about he's a quack and this and that and the other thing, which isn't true, as I said, you know, yeah. so you can't believe everything you read in sure, hear. you've got to do your own research. Right. I guess it's kind of similar to the Israel story. You know, the whole world thinks Israel is this awful place and it isn't. So you just have to filter what you read and what you hear. Don't believe everything. And especially when it comes to Losh and Hora, you can't believe a word.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um,
2: so this doctor introduced us to this world. We did some research. He told us that there were centers in Germany and Mexico, which offered this, um, these types of therapies. But thank God we found two doctors here in Joburg, one in Paris, not Paris. I love that. that
1: is why is he? Why, did you ever ask? So why what, is he in what, Paris? Uh, yes. Because
2: he can. People come to him. And I'll be honest with you. I'm now, now I'm going to Paris twice a week to see yes. him. I love it. Uh, I see, on think the road. I, I think
1: I must come with you. Right on there. the
2: road, I see, I see a giraffe sometimes. He comes to say hello. It's just so, it's so lovely. It's just, must be fresh. refreshing. To
1: be out of the, out of a big hospital chemo lounge.
2: Yeah. So this doctor in Paris, he's a medical physician. He's been studying oncology for twenty years. He is constantly constantly researching. He doesn't even have a TV in his house, and not because of not because he's a you know outback doctor, but because he feels that there's it's such time wasted. He wants to research and do and learn. Um, so we got to him. His name's Dr. Cheri Linderque. If anybody wants his details, you can ask the station. Um, And there's another Dr. Hanjovic, Dr. Craig Golding, and they both facilitate these treatments for me. and, yeah, I mean, the treatments range from ozone therapy, vitamin C infusions, curcumin. Um, there's a few other things uh, that I can mention um, that I did recently, this PDT, photodynamic therapy. So,
1: so, yeah, just to tell what photodynamic therapy is, it hasn't – there have been a few cases only with pancreatic cancer. But we've, you know, got to take everything that has worked out there, even if it hasn't been documented in lots of patients. You know, we – yeah I' written it, about it though yeah, so yeah a lot of it is more in skin cancers um but we uh you basically inject a dye that responds to light or certain lasers into the cells, and when the dye comes into contact with the um to the cells it uh the cells die so it's it's something that you did recently. Where did you do it
2: um I did it through uh Dr Golding's rooms at a radiologist's office also Yes um
1: and 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 just to uh, importantly emphasise, you know, this this treatment that they do, we're trying things here that have been documented around the world, they're obviously not they're not gonna harm you. Um there's no, no negative non, effects, non-toxic. it can non toxic and it can only help. We've got an SMS that says, May Hashem send you a full and immediate refer. Amen. You're an absolute inspira light and inspiration.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Thank you, unsigned. Um <laughs>
2: There's another therapy that I'm doing. It's called RPT.
1: IPT, what does it stand for?
2: Um, okay. I hope I don't bumble over this. It's insulin perpetuated therapy.
1: Okay. So that's, that's, it's still a type of chemotherapy, but
2: it's low dose. It's non-toxic. It's basically, I mean, I was very hesitant at the beginning, but this falls into the integrated world, um, of medicine. It's like having a panado or having morphine, you know, okay. anything in moderation. Um, and, uh, the, the point is, It's also – it's the doctors don't want your body to become toxic from it. So how it works, you could probably explain a bit better, is they – the doctor – so you fast from the night before, and then they inject insulin. Yes. And it drops the blood sugar. And supposedly, when a person's blood sugar has been dropped, um, cancer cells are starving. And that's when they inject the chemo, which is very low dose. It's like 10%, so there are no side effects. And um the cancer cells supposedly take consume up the, the, take chemo up the chemo much better before the the healthy cells do, yeah, so that 's what another therapy that i 'm doing
1: okay so how, how many times a week do you have that?
2: Um, it started off uh, twice a week and for a few weeks and then it's gone down to once a week. I just have to mention that this therapy was started um, by a doctor called Dr. Forsyth. he developed the Forsyth protocol and he is an oncologist, and he realized the limitations with with um, standard chemotherapy, that it eventually hurts the person's body way beyond repair and often a person can pass away from the chemo not the actual cancer. So, um, yeah, so he he developed this. And statistics, as I say, we don't believe in statistics, but he has got his stats that say that the person has 30 times greater survival rate with this treatment, and um, they've done 8 studies, I think, that there's something like 49% of stage four uh Pa- stage four cancer patients have had um, this survival rate over eight years as opposed to under 5% in, in conventional chemo.
1: Sure. We have a SMS, fr- a telegram from Linda, and it says, Ann, please discuss with us a little more detail your symptoms which led to your incredible journey. I'm not sure um, what you mean about symptoms. She, was, she, she says your story is very inspiring. Thank you, Linda Embiria. PS, yes, I'd wish I'd recorded this. So, Linda in Berea, you don't have to worry. There will be a podcast of the show which will be available on the Khaifem website and Facebook page probably in a couple of days. Um, I'm not sure what she means about your symptoms which led to your journey, but maybe you can just repeat for her quickly what you um, that what you um
2: Sure. Um, what you
1: felt uh, What led to you Getting the the diagnosis
2: Sure I just have to mention That it's so surreal Being here Two years down the line Baruch Hashem And please God I'll be here next year And we'll be celebrating we tomorrow, every,
1: every November
2: Yeah um, so my symptoms, I think every person's symptoms are different um, I had an irritable stomach I was I had inflammation, bloating, food intolerances, all these things And I was completely asymptomatic until the birth of my twins So I had a C-section at 31 weeks So who knows if that C-section shifted something in my abdomen That led to these symptoms which may not have out.
1: During your pregnancy, did you have any no any absolutely
2: nothing? I enjoyed a beautiful toast of cheese the day the twins were born, and a cafe latte, my last one. I could say farewell and rest drink, in you peace. You don't drink
1: coffee
2: now. <laughs> no, no coffee, unfortunately. Um, green juice, green juice is my coffee. Yeah,
1: um,
2: and it's uh, you know I say unfortunately, but it's not unfortunate because it's such a brocha Because
1: that you have these things, you know, you, you not
2: right? You don't realize that what you consume. Creates your cells and your organs. They say that the liver reproduces itself 100% after six weeks. So if you're eating something that's unhealthy, it's, that's what you're putting in your body. That is what becomes your body. You know? So anyway, so those were, those are my symptoms. I think everybody's people's symptoms are different. Some people have jaundice. Some people have pain. Thank God I didn't have any pain in the pancreas or the liver. Um,
1: have you, how have you felt along? Obviously the chemo made you feel terrible. But how have you, I mean, you, you always seem so positive. Um, and you just push through. Nobody sees behind the scenes, but did you ever have like extreme pain or?
2: No, besides for my stomach, I haven't, I haven't had any, any cancer pain, no pain in my pancreas, which is also an absolute miracle because I had a 10 centimeter tumor in my pancreas and I wasn't in pain. And that's
1: unbelievable. It's just, it's absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's amazing how people, you know, and it's very, very scary that uh, you can, people can go through their lives without realizing that. You had, I mean, we don't know how for how long, but for a while you were living your whole pregnancy and with your children. Not only did you have twins inside you, yeah. um, the miracle
2: babies, absolute miracle babies, and they're perfect. Got a fiery little redhead, yeah, it's the cutest thing ever. And my little boy Dory, and they just per- perfect, perfect little people. Yeah, so it's right. just an absolute miracle.
1: Okay, we're going to take another short break, then we're going to wrap
0: up. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with compliments of Discamp, Pharmacists Who Care.
1: Welcome back to your final. A uh, quarter of Tuskegee Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. If you want to get hold of us, please SMS 34519 or send a telegram on 06189510... have to laugh. What? <laughs> telegram. telegram. I also didn't know what it was in the beginning. 0618951019. We are speaking to Leanne Freeman, c- pancreatic cancer warrior, about her journey of uh, pancreatic cancer. Thank God, Leanne we're two years down from uh, diagnosis... And, uh, we're speaking about your, your integrative treatments that you've been having now. So what, where do we go from here? What's the, that's the scary question. Yeah,
2: just carry on with treatments for now and, uh, take it each day as it comes. Just keep fighting.
1: Okay. So there have been, uh, a lot of people who have, uh, messaged that they want to be in touch with you. They want to be in touch with the doctors that, um, that are treating you. So we're going to leave a whole lot of the information with the station if you can please. You can get hold of Mandy at high uh, We'll leave Leanne's details and some of the doctor's details if they want to get hold of you. Leanne, what message do you want to give to people um, sure. about your so journey? Many, I know so there's many. so many, but yeah. uh, go for it. What, what comes first to your mind?
2: Um, spiritual wake-up, emotional wake-up call. Um, I feel like I was living my life with blinkers on before. I know that you don't appreciate your hand until you've lost your hand, God forbid, but um, it's just completely changed my life. It's changed my husband's life. It's changed everything. We just... Uh, I think.
1: I guess your family's life as well, your parents yeah, are in-laws. Yeah,
2: completely. Everybody. Um, one of the big things is we just want to be in Israel, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and I've realized that just, just something, just getting meaning out of your life, working on yourself, learning Torah, giving tzedakah, appreciating every second. These are things that I'm, I'm not anywhere close to perfect at. You know, I'm davening every day for Hashem to help me Elevate my menace and uh, work on myself and just have a muna and just realize that everything comes from Hashem. Everything is good. You know, you can walk into an operation. A person who doesn't know what an operation is can walk into an operation in the middle, see a person being
0: torn, apart. Up, yeah. torn apart.
2: And we think, what is going on? But we don't realize that it's actually for that person's good. So, you know, I'm saying this And I have to remind myself of this a lot of the time Most of the time too But at the end of the day, this world is transient And the goal of this world is Torah and mitzvahs Working on ourselves, being kind, connecting to Hashem That's what He wants He wants us to connect to Him The world is just the most miraculous place If you look, I read a, a vote last Shabbos about, From Rav Avigdor Miller He's become my hero
1: no, <laughs> me too. I, It's amazing that uh, with the publication In every show, every week um, I th- For those of you who haven't Seeing they should Google Torah Savigdor. Phenomenal. Rabbi, Rabbi Victor Miller's uh, weekly Pasha insights.
2: Right. So he said a few weeks ago, he walks around, uh, you know, he said, if you look at an apple, an apple has got seeds in it and those seeds have got, I don't know how many thousands and hundreds of thousands of codes about how to grow a tree. You know, um, he said a beaver creates a dam wall, doesn't know what he's doing. Everything's based on instinct. How do these animals, how do these trees, how do all of these things know how to survive and grow? It is just a true miracle. Um, and he said he actually walks around. He wrote in this. I mean, he passed away a few a while ago. I think ago. in the sixties or seventies, yeah, eighties. Yeah. 80s, eighties, 80s, okay. Um, he, walk, he used to walk around with apple seeds in his pocket because he wanted to remind himself. He'd pull out the apple seeds and have a look and just remind himself. These yeah, little so seeds he says, he says contain ma- these codes.
1: He would say, "Make a Kedush Hashem in your mind that." Uh, you could see that not only those seeds, they contain the, ge- in the seeds, they contain the genes to make a new tree. Right. To make the fruit, to make the color, the everything. smell, the taste, and the leaves, fruit. and the ability to reproduce. And that this fruit is the, is the natural
2: medicine in the world for us. Every, you know, the, the, the world is full of medicine. The food, everything, the air, the sun, you know, Um I, I read this week in his, in his passion. Uh, handout about he talks about a squirrel plants an acorn in the hope that it's acorn will be there the following winter whatever and you know a lot of the time the squirrel isn't even there but that squirrel has gone and planted an oak tree it's just the most phenomenal thing
1: so we have uh, an sms and we'll finish up reading this sms what an inspiration and you have a way of shifting our minds and putting life in perspective thanks dr gerson for this informative show thank you
2: thank you so much
1: So we're going to end off and wrap up and we say thank you for your inspiration. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story please, God, there should be a full, full for Shalemah for Chaya Lea Amen. And, um, and, we all should, klal, all and all of the and all of the for for all a full. the full, uh, Israel, anyone in Israel needs it. Amen. And um, we should only please God know Simchas and we should speak next year on uh, Pancreatic Cancer Month.
2: Please God, in a few years' time, she'll give uh, me another child. If it's a boy, you'll do the verse again.
1: Please God, and there'll be number so call him a number. <laughs> 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 I'm going to hold you to that. Okay, thank you everybody for joining us. On Discare Medical Monday Remember our show, our podcast will be available In the next couple of days on the Khaifem Facebook page or website Thank you to Leanne Freeman Khaile, For joining us to share her inspirational story Thank you Dean and for a great show Thank you and please go We will see you next Monday, same time, same place